Welcome to PM Lessons Learned, a podcast for project managers, helping project managers by sharing lessons learned. Increase your PM knowledge, build business relationships, increase your effectiveness, increase your marketability, gain professional support. Join our group and take part in our conference calls. Details at pmlessonslearn.com. Hello, and welcome to the PM Lessons Learned Monthly PMP Exam Study Group Conference Call and Podcast. This is podcast number 160. We are recording this session on the 1st of May, 2014, and we are totally focused on the fifth edition of the PMBOK Guide. My name is Dana Safford. I'm the host for the PM Lessons Learned Monthly PMP Exam Study Group Conference Calls. I've been a PMP since version 2 of the PMBOK. I'm also a certified ITIL version 3 expert and a Microsoft Certified Systems Engineer. I have over 25 years of project management experience in the IT industry. I'm currently an escalation manager at Red Hat. And in this role, I take a very complex situation that affects a Red Hat customer's enterprise production environment, and I manage a project with a virtual technical team that quickly resolves the issue. So remember, you don't have to have the term project manager in your actual job title to be a project manager. We have a couple of announcements here, at least one big announcement. We're in dire need of volunteers. So if you have some time to give back to the project management community, we'd love to have you. We'd love it if both the live call listeners and the podcast listeners could volunteer some help for us, sort of like what our presenter tonight is doing. He went through all of his PMP study with us here, and now he's giving back to the community by doing this presentation that you'll hear in a couple of minutes. So if you can help us out, please go to our website, www.pmlessonslearn.com and look in the left-hand navigation column for the volunteer information there. Our presenter for this session is Major Michael DeChico, PMP of the United States Army, and our topic today is Roadmap to PMP Certification. A translated saying from the Chinese philosopher Lao Tzu states, a journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. All of you listening right now are also beginning a journey with a similar step. Reaching your certification destination also requires a roadmap. And in this session of the PM Lessons Learned Monthly PMP Exam Study Group Conference Call, Michael DeChico, PMP, will provide the roadmap that will allow you to take the first step toward your goal of PMP certification. Major Michael DeChico is a 14-year veteran of the U.S. Army. He passed his PMP exam in February of 2014, so only two months from when we're recording this session. He has an extensive background in project management work, including training projects, logistics projects, and international military projects in Asia and Africa. His current job includes business research and training at FedEx. He's married with two children and currently resides in Memphis, Tennessee in the U.S. I'll also mention that if you haven't already downloaded a copy of this session's presentation, please do so if you are in the live free screen sharing virtual meeting room that we're in right now. The file is in the meeting resources box. When you log in, you'll see the down arrows next to the file names. If you are not in the virtual meeting room to find out how to download the files and podcasts for all of our PM Lessons Learned sessions, go to www.pmlessonslearned.com. And in the left-hand navigation column, you'll see a link to files and presentations. In the monthly PMP exam study group call file area, you'll see the slides for this session. The file name for this session is PMLL Roadmap to PMP Certification, and today's date, 1 May 14, PMBOK 5E. It's a PDF file, and its title is exactly the same thing. 
Also in that monthly PMP exam study group call file area, you will see a PMBOK 5th edition brain dump, a PMBOK 5th edition study resources file, and a PMBOK 5th edition ITTO file list. And remember, the Internet is a very big place. If you choose to use study material from another source, make sure you know it's PMBOK based. Now that July 31st is behind us, you want material based on the 5th edition of the PMBOK. You should remember there's roughly about a 50% difference from the 4th edition to the 5th edition, and that's my estimate. Other instructors will give you other estimates, but they're going to range from 20 to 80, something along those lines. But there's enough difference that you really want to use only the 5th edition stuff, that those differences are mostly in the knowledge groups, the processes, and their ITTOs. Remember, there's still a lot of evil people out there that will sell you material from the 4th and even the 3rd editions of the PMBOK. So be very careful, and if the website or material or whatever you're using doesn't explicitly say that it's based on the 5th edition, then leave it alone. It's please very careful out there. All right, so we are pmlessonslearned.com, project managers, helping project managers to make a difference. I'll thank all of you in advance for attending this month's live call and those that download and use the podcast. Michael DeChico, PMP, take it away, please. Thank you, Dana, for the introduction. It's an honor to present and give back to the community, and that is one of the aspects of maintaining your PDU credits after you pass the PMP exam. There are several categories, so I do hope to be fulfilling one part of that credit tonight, and you'll find that after you earn your PMP, there's many opportunities. So I'll talk a little bit about that. I just want to lay down some ground rules for the group, and ground rules are part of meetings, and that's another thing you'll learn in your studies as well when you're managing a group. Now, this may be a podcast, this may be live, so I want to make it easy for any time, whoever's listening. What I'll do is I'll get to the slide and I'll read off everything on the slide. That may not be how some people like it, executives or whomever in your normal work groups and your everyday work or life, but it's easier here, I think, if it's going to be recorded and be a podcast for us to read the slides. That way we all know where we are at on the information being presented. And then I will talk to the slides about what's in the slide. And if there's any questions, feel free to unmute your line and ask myself. And I believe Dana can help as well if there's something that he feels that he can answer to as also. So with that, I'll go off here with the first group of information. The PMLL PMP study group conference call is on the first Thursday of each month. The PM job shop conference call is on the second Thursday of each month. And the PMLL lessons learned best practices conference call is on the third Thursday of each month. And you can listen to previous calls by phone or download the podcast and slides at www.pmlessonslearned.com. So please join us at the Yahoo and LinkedIn groups, PM Lessons Learn. Additional information is available at michaelspmpsite.wordpress.com. Another way that I've tried to give back to the community is writing some of these lessons down, writing some of the information, and even making some short videos about my journey and things that I could share at my WordPress account, uh, michaelspmpsite.wordpress.com. It's nothing fancy. But it's another way to just stay in tune with the PMP world out there. And hopefully some of you will take a look and be a follower. I'm not going to promise anything fancy like some other websites you may have already come across. 
but again, it's just another way to stay in tune with our network here. Now, the second and third Thursday, I will say, we'd like to really start those up again, and you can talk more to Dana about that. I think he has more experience, but right now we're not performing those, and we'd like to. Again, this is an all-volunteer group, and it'd be great to have others out there who have the same interests, the same experience, same knowledge to come and talk to a other like-minded, like-interest people and kind of revive some of the meetings that we'd like to talk about and learn more about this PMP stuff. So with that, next slide. So call norms. This is an interactive call. We want you to participate. We ask that you mute your phone when you're not talking, star six to mute and star six to unmute. And when you want to ask a question, just make a statement. Please state your name and, and that you'd like to talk and and just wait for myself to acknowledge you. That way we don't over-talk each other. Next slide. And here's our email address, pmpstudy at pmlessonslearned.com. I will also put my email in the chat box after the presentation. You can always email me if you have any other questions outside of the presentation or in the future if you're listening to the podcast and uh, are interested by what I'm saying. Next slide. So PMLessonsLearn.com, PM Lessons Learn special presentation, the roadmap to PMP certification, a preparation guide, 1 May 2014, Michael A. DeChico, PMP. This is the PMBOK guide version 5. I say special presentation just to let you know because the routine for this presentation has been to discuss one of the chapters in the actual PMBOK. We've been on time management. We took a step back from that. We'll carry that on in the next month, but I wanted to bring this up because I wanted to participate in giving back and helping with people such as yourselves who may want to join the PMP community and are thinking or already studying for the PMP test. And we definitely thank you for doing that. It's a big deal, so we thank you very much. Next slide. We'll get right into this. The top line is going to be the title of the slide, and then on the left of all these slides, that big red box will be the takeaways. So just remember that, and think of it like an asterisk. Now, I don't have any asterisks or stars, but uh, anything on the left side of these slides will be the, the takeaway from that. And here's our agenda, what I'm discussing in the lighter shaded pink here of the slide. In this case here, this is our agenda. I'll go over it by talking about creating the business case, initiating, planning, executing, monitoring, and controlling, and closing. So again, the takeaway, everything's based off the fifth edition. And then as you'll see, I've aligned this discussion, this presentation, on the actual PMBOK itself, the process of project management, where we look at something that we want to do, we get a business case. And in the PMBOK, you'll learn that project managers aren't necessarily involved in the creation of the business case, but in this case, we will treat the certification process, us studying and taking that exam as a big project. And we'll go from creating the business case to initiating, which is the first step in project management, to planning, executing, monitoring, and controlling what we're doing, and then finally closing out. Next slide. Well, we have moved from the agenda to the PMBOK 5th edition processes. This is a standard slide that you'll find in all the PM Lessons Learned 
presentations. This is a very important slide, no matter what kind of presentation is being done, because this is the core knowledge of what we want to learn for the actual exam. And on the top, you'll see the actual groups initiating, planning, executing, monitoring, controlling, and closing. And then on the left are the, the uh, knowledge groups themselves, project integration management, project scope management, project time management, cost management, quality management, human resource management, communications management, risk management, procurement management, stakeholder management. And I say all that because as you continue your studies in the next two, three, four, five months, however long, you're going to become so familiar with that that it's going to be second nature to you by the time you take your exam, as well as all the inner blocks, which are the individual steps within those groups. So you'll want to get used to hearing all these terms and be very familiar with that. Next slide. Here we are, creating the business case for your journey. The takeaway will be seeking buy-in and commitment. Why project management? What does it mean to you? Do you possess the project management competencies, knowledge, performance, personal? Yes, you do. Then determine the PMP benefits for you and your career. Acquire buy-in from family and friends. Set time and finance investment expectations. Seek expert judgment and mentorship for your journey. Now, what is all this? What we're going to try to do when we're creating that business case is have to ask ourselves a few questions. What is it that you want out of project management? The very first thing that you want to understand is, who's this for? What does it mean to you? Remember, the three-letter acronym at the end of your name on business cards is important to a lot of people who know what project management is. But you're not doing this for somebody else, I think. And if you are, you should probably think about reevaluating the whole purpose. I know there's businesses out there that tell their workers, you will go and get your PMP certification. But like any kind of endeavor that we do that is very challenging, we have to be in it all the way with our own hearts if we think we want to pass very well, try to actually learn and understand. And that's where we have to understand ourselves. Do we possess the competencies, which the PMBOK describes by the words, knowledge, performance, and personal? Do you have the knowledge of the actual material? Have you performed this in the past, whether it's been in the way that the PMBOK teaches it or in the way your own career field teaches it. Either way, it's a performance experience that you would need to help yourself in learning the material from the PMBOK. And actually, you'll need that because as you find out when you seek the application, you're going to have to fill out a lot of information about your performance that you've done. And personal, well, take that for however you think. But again, I think that ties down to do you have the certain skills that managers have, that leaders have, to lead groups to accomplish an endeavor that a project is, which is a temporary in-duration event that will seek to build a product, a service, or a result. And it could be a long duration, it could be a short duration. No matter what, you'll be that project management, and you'll have to have the patience, and you'll have to have the ability to lead that group for that whole time, and the communication skills that go with that. And so if you determine yes, if you have all that, 
then you should determine how the PMP will benefit yourself and your career because there is a real value to having one in your resume. And once you kind of look at it from that level, from your own personal level, okay, we want to build that circle around us, then we have to include the family. The next few months of you studying is going to require time away, I say, and it could be in your house or it could be wherever you study, but in a sense, it's like time away, quiet time, where it's just going to be you and the books. And at this point in our careers, a lot of us are probably busy with a lot of commitments that maybe we didn't have when we were, you know, 17, 18 years old. So there are other events in your life that you're going to have to kind of separate yourself from, and it's going to require some buy-in from family and friends that you normally work with or you see every day, and that they have to come to an understanding or agreement that it will take time. Now, the other aspect is the finance, because depending on where you work and, and what you do, there is going to be some kind of cost, you know, particularly for the application for the test. And, of course, if you take any boot camps or any courses out there, there's going to be a cost. I could lay out some numbers for you, but I'll just say that there is several hundred dollars. At least you're looking at close to $500 between application, membership in PMI, Project Management Institute, and the actual exam. Perhaps some of it can get reimbursed if you work at a certain company. I can't answer that. I don't know. You could find out for yourself. But those are the expectations that you're going to have to think about as you start your business case for this journey. And then on this, I would say not a next step, but we'll say next step of this here, the outer ring of your circle, if you will, you want to seek expert judgment and mentorship for the journey. There's other people in your organization who have done this. Find out who they are and talk to them, and maybe they can commit some time to working with you to help you out during this time. And you may not know it now either, but you just might run into someone later on down the line, and that person will then be the person who can help you a little bit. And, of course, there's always the PM Lessons Learned community. You don't have to have a steady mentor relationship if that's not what you're seeking. Emails, phone call can always work just as well if you're looking for information or just some guidance. I did kind of want to just talk about one other thing you don't have here on the slide, but I think you should consider accountability. And I say that because as you go through this process, it kind of ties into you've acquired buy-in from your family and your friends. Well, there is an accountability factor. Now, as you do this, you're going to want to say, I've got three months to go. I've got two months to go. It kind of builds into you a self-accountability because if you tell your people and your friends and your family that you're doing this, they seek an expectation that you're going to accomplish it. And I say shoot for the first time, shoot for the first attempt. You don't want to pay another couple hundred dollars to take a second try. So build that accountability in yourself by talking about your progress throughout the study time. And I think that will, I know that kind of helped me. And a week before I took my exam, I, I was actually taking a, a class at work. And I set up up front to everybody that, you know, in one week's time, I will be taking the exam. And I passed the next week, but when we had a follow-up class, we had to do some kind of evaluation, you know, the group leader said, you know, Michael, tell everybody about your test, because they remembered that I told everybody 
So I, they held me accountable. And for me, that was very important, and that may be important to you. Next slide. I'm going to talk a little bit why project management certification in more depth. Takeaway here will be the benefits of certification. I'll talk the bullets here. It creates opportunities. It enhances career, recognized globally, trains you to perform project management according to a specific method, and inspires confidence. So you have this project management certification you desire. It will create opportunities. There's lots of jobs out there, and there's even jobs posted on the various websites. I don't want to speak specifically to any kind of job or opportunity, but I'm saying in general, it will be there for you. It's something that every organization, I say in my assessment, needs. There's always changes, and changes require projects. Hence, people, employers, want employees who know how to lead change, and projects are very involved in changes. So in that aspect, there's opportunities, whether it's in your company or somewhere else. Uh, enhances your career in general. It's another certification that can look good, separate you on a resume. Again, we're not doing this because we're going to do it for the resume. It has to first come from you. If you don't have your heart in it, I'll tell you that the test will be very challenging. Recognize globally. Well, project management happens throughout the world. The community spans all the continents that you could think of, and you're going to notice that a lot of companies will want project managers and some of them will have offices in other countries. They might be American companies, but they need employees to move to a different country. And you'll see that that certification is recognized in a lot of places. So that's just another aspect of the certification benefits. And also, of course, the PMBOK will train you to perform project management according to a specific method. What we say in the military is doctrine. Doctrine is what you're going to live off of, operate off of, in the absence of any guidance or any instructions, what you have trained to do will get you through the project that you have been working on. But I think there's lots of companies out there that do have their own method, and, and that is perfect for them. But just keep in mind, I, I say to you, to kind of not think of that process when you are studying, because the PMBOK really is all about what's in it in that book itself that will be tested. And go in with that open mind that you're going to learn how to do it according to the PMBOK. And you don't have to do it you know, word for word, step by step when you're done. But in the absence of any method that you may have learned or may not have learned, surely you can definitely use the PMBOK project management method when you are conducting your projects after your certification. And so finally, I want to say that it just inspires confidence when an employer or when some organization sees, well, first, if they recognize the PMP, which I've come to find that many people do, that uh, when they see that and you're in a team, it inspires confidence that you can help in generating the product, service, or result that is being developed for that time frame. So that's all the benefits of certification that I have listed here. There's others I'm sure that you could think of. And so that's for you to understand in your own journey. Next slide. Knowledge, performance, personal. So the takeaway is there's a competency we want to talk about. You know, PMP certification demonstrates to employers that you possess the necessary qualities for leading and managing projects. This sounds elementary. 
or perhaps, but like any effort requiring critical thinking and analysis, if you don't train and learn the right methods and techniques, then you can't accomplish the work to standard. So actually earning the certification shows you have the personal ambition, drive, and stamina to achieve such a goal. I did talk a little bit about this already. I don't want to belabor the points, but there is an understanding that when you get this certification that you have a definite competency level for doing a whole range of jobs that involve delivering results to the customers, whomever they may be, to the stakeholders, and people will understand that. And I'll say from a personal point of view, studying for the exam, if anybody knows anything about it, especially PMPs that have already done it, they understand when they see you that you have that ambition, drive, and stamina because studying requires several hours per day. Maybe I'll say it again later, but I'll say it now. I think the time is right that when you study, you should be prepared to average at least two to three hours a day, if not more. I know I was able to put in at least that, and I bumped it up four to five and then up to like seven hours as I got closer, especially when I was taking these simulated exams. So there is a definite ambition and drive and stamina that is required in you to achieve, I think, this very lofty high goal. Next slide. Let's talk about your business case. The takeaway is state your case. I want you to actually write a business case. Use any template or simply make your own T-chart with advantages and disadvantages. You can find some templates at www.projectmanagementdocs.com. Secure buy-in from those who are most likely to be affected by your decision due to time and financial commitments. Seek out a mentor or someone with expert judgment who can act as a guide. When in doubt, follow the PMI.org PMP handbook and knowledge resources for a variety of technical details. I want you to consider this as a project, and I won't say you've got to write it out fully as the PMBOK would have you write a project. It kind of helps you to organize your study plan, your roadmap, if you will, and it could start with a business case, as any project would. Again, we've talked about looking at the benefits, the cost, that kind of analysis, and getting stakeholders, identifying them, thinking of who's going to be on your side, and anybody that can help you, like a mentor. And so state your case. Get some facts. Put it together. It doesn't have to be much, but it's going to be something that can help you with the next phase of your journey, I think. Now, I don't own anything with these websites. I did mention this www.projectmanagementdocs.com. It's, as far as I know, freeware. You go on there, you download the template. So I'll leave it at that. And if I have any questions so far, please feel free to jump in. This is Dana. I'll also remind people that's a good place to get documents. There's plenty of other places out there, too. Just be very careful that you use a document from a trusted source. You know, make sure that you don't download something that could do you harm. The documents on projectmanagementdocs.com are all trusted documents, and there are other sources for those as well. So just be careful. Talk to your friends. Talk to people at work. See where they get the documents from. And definitely use virus checker. Pulling anything down is a good thing to do. Okay, back at you, Mike. Thank you. Yes, I appreciate that point. There will be lots of websites. I'll bring it up, and I'll just extend that point that Dana brings up, that there's so many websites out there. Stick with first. 
if you don't know anything, if you're just brand new to this, stick to the main websites, which is the PMI Project Management Institute, PMI.org, and their handbook. And if you've already signed up for a membership, you've got a trove of information because you have access if you pay for the membership. And therefore, start there. The mentor, the guide can help find other websites. And certainly the PMLessonsLearned.com website has several resources that you can use as well. Next slide. Here we are initiating the PMP journey. And the takeaway is setting up your goals. The inputs, tools, and outputs. These slides are all going to be in the accordance with the PMBOK. When you start to study it, you're going to find that everything is done through what you see inputs, the tools to use those inputs, and the outputs. And it's a flow. Just imagine one big flow chart from the very beginning to the end. And you have inputs that turn out the outputs, and these outputs then turn into inputs to other steps in the whole project management process. So I want to get everybody that's listening here to the podcast and seeing the presentation to think of the PMBOK in this way already, to get their mind in that gear for this journey. So what do we need here as inputs? Confidence, business case, initial requirements, risks, milestones, stakeholders, and success criteria. Your tools will be the PMI.org website, the PMP handbook, the PMP Code of Ethics, the PMBOK 5th Edition, and the Hierarchy of Knowledge. Your outputs will be a charter. You'll type up your own charter to formally commence your journey. So let me just start from the bottom real quick. When you initiate any project, you're going to come up with this charter. And this charter is what you'll learn from the PMBOK is what basically kicks off your project. The charter authorizes you to use resources and in this case, you are your own sponsor, I guess, unless someone else in your family controls the checkbook. And, and so in that case, they'd be the sponsor because they're providing you the financial resources to do the studying, to do the journey, to pay for whatever needs to be paid for in this journey. But nevertheless, what I want you to understand that a charter formally documents that you have begun your journey. And you'll bring in with the inputs that I've listed, the confidence, your business case, what are your initial requirements going to be for your studying, for what you want to accomplish, your risks to it. I mean, is there something that's going to happen um, if you have children, okay, or yourself, you can get sick. That's happened. I've heard of cases where people get sick and they're in a the hospital. There's a risk. I don't wish that for anybody. Those are things that you just have to think about. Are you going to go on vacation? That's not a risk, but if you were planning a big vacation and you're well-deserved because you've been working for 20 years, well, do you want to take a month off from your studying or do you want to just drive right on until the end and that way you get it done? Those are things you consider. And your milestones, of course. You know, you're going to have this timeline. Whatever timeline works for you. For me, my timeline was five months and I established that. Well, I got to say that it was almost like a mark on the wall. I just figured this would be an amount of time I needed. I mean, I had been already studying for the exam, and then I applied after I filled out my application. And then I figured out that around February, the end of February, I, I felt confident that that would be enough time. You know, I was planning on a vacation myself to go back to see some family over the holidays, Christmas time, New Year's. So I built that in 
to my milestones. And of course, the stakeholders who will be affected by your commitment here, your family, who do you need to get buy-in from, and your success criteria. Success criteria, well, for what we're doing here, I would say that as you study, your success criteria will kind of change from how much you think you've learned to the uh, end as you get closer to the end and you start taking exams and your criteria for that will, might be scoring 80 or 85%. So those are what you should consider. I mean, of course, the success criteria of the actual PMP journey project is passing on the first attempt. I'm just giving you some little tidbits of information about the actual process and success within that journey, within that project. And the tools that we talked about, again, the PMI.org website, the handbook, the code of ethics, there's an ethics code that's probably very similar to any kind of ethics code. Normally what we learn in the government service, there's classes, there's courses we have to study and take annually. Uh, so it's not unsimilar, dissimilar from that. But it's, again, its own way of speaking the project management language. And you'll have these questions that are related on the test. So you'll have to understand this and learn the language. So that's why I throw that in there. Uh, not because you know, anybody is unethical, but there is a definite code of how you as a project manager perform. And there's some guidelines that you'll learn very much, especially as you take more and more exams, you know, what they're looking for you to, to know about this code of ethics. PMBOK 5th edition, many places to buy one. You can buy it on Amazon. Definitely buy it from the website PMI.org. If you have a membership, you can get a copy for free and you can't print it out or anything. You can't copy it. It's for you and you have to in there your password whenever you open it up. But uh, again, you have to have that. If you don't, I mean, you're not going to be able to study. So I don't know who would not want to have one, but it's basically like a college book. If you ever take, you know, if you go to college, you've got to take a course, you've got to have the book. And I think it's relatively inexpensive and it lasts a long time and it's worth reading multiple times before you take the exam. I know I did about twice. And then, you know, like the game of soccer or football, if you're in Europe, you know, you, you don't realize you're running five miles in a game, but you kind of are. So I must have read this thing, and you'll probably wind up reading it actually kind of ten times as you study because you're going to be going back, flipping pages, and you'll wind up reading more and more and more. So the official advice that I've heard, read two times, three times. You know, if you read it two times through and you take notes, but you'll wind up actually reading it more as you study because you have to go back a lot of times. And the last part of your tools here of initiating your PMP journey is your hierarchy of knowledge. And I'm going to talk about that in the next slide. Your hierarchy of knowledge. Let's start from the base. It's like a pyramid. Your professional experience, your critical knowledge mass, your brain dump, your ITTOs, and processes. So what does this hierarchy of knowledge consist of? Well, it's, again, it's going to be your professional experience. You bring to the table already something because you're studying for the PMP. You can't get through the application process without some type of professional experience that's measurable, quantifiable, and documented in the application process. I will just bring it up right now then. This seems like the perfect setting. That Dana's posted. I sent him a copy of the uh, document that you fill in that you can lay out all your projects, all 
the hours, and anything that you might need associated with a project to document the number of hours for your application. And the criteria that goes with that, it's got to be three consecutive years, uh, different projects, and it's about 4,500 hours. It's all got to be documented. It can't just be you are the person on the project team and you're the scribe. Okay, that doesn't count. You've got to be some kind of leader in there, manager, getting through the project itself. And I think I may have heard someone, so please go ahead if you have any other information on that. Yeah, it's, this is Dana who was trying to talk here. Basically, you're very close. There's also a six-year time horizon on there as well, and it's 36 separate months, not consecutive months. They can be non-contiguous, if you will, but everything else you have definitely down. And if you don't have that project leadership expertise, you can still do all the same stuff for the certified associate in project management and go that route while you are in your early throes of your project management career. It's the same study process. The test is half the size, and you have to take it every five years are the differences. So you know, whatever works for you, but there is that application hurdle, if you will, that tends to stop a lot of people, probably more than half the people in their tracks. Because it's almost more difficult to do the application than it is to take the test. It certainly takes more hours <laughs> to do the application than it does to sit the four hours and take the test. But uh, you'll get through it all, and then I think you'll benefit from it. So I'll be quiet now. And with that, it's very important that you're going to have to keep your stakeholders informed, the references that you write on that application, because if, for example, you get audited, well, they're going to be asked by PMI, did this person do this work for this many hours? So I contacted all my previous bosses that I worked on projects for, and I showed them what I was writing. I sent them copies, and I let them know that I'm doing this. And that kind of ties into the accountability as well. They're not the stakeholders like your family. They're not totally impacted unless you work for them now. But maybe, you know, if they were your past boss, you just moved to a new job, which was in my case. But they're definitely stakeholders because they have a role in your PMP journey. And it's only fair to them that if you're going to reference them, that you give them a professional courtesy that you're mentioning their name and their contact information. So if you're looking for that blank worksheet, and again, this blank worksheet is for you to fill in because it's almost the same as what you got to fill in on the online application. So it's actually kind of easier in the Excel spreadsheet to just do it all, and then you can copy and paste once you get everything down and all the numbers jive that you need to meet the criteria. It's on the PM Lessons Learned website, left-hand side, Files and Presentations. Materials for Monthly Study Group, and it's a sample PMP worksheet. It's over there that you can download. Again, you can even email me. I'll put my email up here in a little bit. That way you can send it to me or, or even Dana as well. Now, your critical knowledge mass, what is this? Well, it's everything in that PMBOK, really. That's got to be what you have to know for the exam. I hate to say it like that. I mean, the test is four hours long. I used every bit of the four hours. I actually spent three and a half hours and then reviewed a bunch of questions. So I'll tell you, and I work slow. I take my time. I, I didn't want to go in there rushing. And, you know, some people felt proud, I think, to talk about how they did it in you know, three hours and ten minutes. I took every bit of the four hours, and I'll tell you that anything is testable. So it's a lot of stuff to understand, and that's why I say give yourself time. I did it in the four to five months, and others can do it in two to three months. 
and it's up to you on how you can manage your study time. And now above that on your hierarchy of knowledge is this brain dump. The brain dump is a piece of paper essentially that you're going to fill out in the about 12 to 13 minutes that you have prior to, to actually taking the exam. You're going to on exam day, you're going to do what you got to do to get into the, the exam computer. You're going to then open up, and there's this presentation that says how you fill out the answer sheets and everything. And if you take any exam simulators already, it's kind of very similar. I did the PM prep cast, and I'm not advertising, but I did that one, and it worked for me. And I found that it was very similar to the actual exam itself. So I felt very confident that what I did was I did my brain dump, all of the things, the mnemonic devices, all the things that I needed to study and know that I didn't want to have to rely on in my memory during the test that I put all in the brain dump. That could be a whole lesson all by itself. PM Lessons Learned has a copy of one that Dana Safford has posted, and you can see many versions that might be available. But for me, it may work for you. I probably wrote my brain dump, what I wanted to write, about 50 times. Every day, I'd do it. As I learned more stuff, it wasn't like in the first month, but as I actually learned stuff, and then I said, this is what I need to know for my test when I do it, because I don't want to remember. So, you know, formulas, certain theories about the human resource management. And actually, by the time I did my brain dump, not only was it in my head, I actually didn't even reference the brain dump during the exam. That's how many times I did it. So on the last rung here of this pyramid, the hierarchy of knowledge, is your inputs, tools, and techniques, and outputs, ITTOs. Be very familiar with that acronym and the processes. People will tell you, you don't have to memorize. Some will say, yes, memorize. And I am in that corner because I thought it drove everything I needed to understand and put together about the critical knowledge mass. Certainly, as I kind of alluded to earlier, it's like this big flow chart. Well, you've got to really know what's in the flow chart to understand how the system works. So for me, I really tried memorizing. And I did that by actually creating games, you know, and I would put cards together and then play a game where I would say, what's the ITTO here and for this process? I'm going to leave it at that because you're going to come up with ways you have to remember all of them as you study. Because we're all different. Everybody has their own system of learning, and this is not meant to prejudice anyone's way of doing it. I'm giving you basically a philosophy of thinking for the journey, but there are definitely things you have to do on the journey that everybody has to do, obviously the application part, the studying part. If I have no other questions, I will be moving to the next slide. Here's a notional charter. One, formally authorize the project. You could say, I've attained support of my family and understand the purpose for my goal of earning a PMP certification. Two, project scope. Deliverables include studying the basic PMP coursework, the PMBOK and multiple exam simulators to be ready to pass the test. High-level risks include XYZ. Success criteria includes passing the preparation exams with a consistent 85% average. Three, identify the project manager yourself. Four, provide the summary milestone schedule. Focus on being accurate. Be honest with yourself as to the time you will have to dedicate each day to study in order to be successful. Plan on average four to five months at two to three hours each day. And five, your project budget. X amount of dollars for PMI membership, study courses, study material, test prep, 
an exam. It's a notional charter. There's other versions. It doesn't even have to be as thorough as this. You just want to write down something that really commences your journey because the next step, the next slide, is planning your PMP journey. Just like in any project that PMBOK teaches you how to do it, that you initiate, and that could be a big step in and of itself, but now you've got the planning, which is going to take a lot of time to do it right. You spend a lot of time planning, and you'll be successful in the execution of the actual objective. So we got planning the PMP journey, and the takeaway will be the roadmap to success. Your inputs are your charter, your outputs from other processes, your scope, time, cost, stakeholder, environmental factors, such as study area, support materials, your tools, expert judgment, and your output, project management plan to pass on the first try. So I'm going to start on the bottom of this real quick. So your output, obviously, of your plan is that you're going to come up with a plan to pass on your first attempt. That's a very good goal. I don't think anybody really goes in to say, ah, if I don't get it my first try, I'll go for my second try. It is complicated. I know that language can be a barrier if English is not your native tongue, but I don't know what that really entails. So I'm definitely not anybody to ask for any kind of guidance on that. But I believe there is material available at the PMI.org website to address any questions you might have. Michael, this is Dana. There are a whole bunch of languages that the test is available in, depending upon where you are in the world. If you go for another language, the only caveat is the test may or may not be a computer-based test. Some languages, it is a paper-based test. It will just depend on where you live and what the practice they do for that specific country. But uh, okay. certainly check with your local PMI chapter. They'll be able to tell you, and I'm sure you can ask PMI.org in the question spot and uh, get an answer that way as well. Okay. That makes a big difference then, especially if it's not computer-based and paper-based. is different tests too. So, again, I'm trying to be very general in terms of the PMP journey, and hopefully I cover the major aspects. Definitely everybody's situation is going to be different, and you'll have to navigate the way that best suits your life right now. So tools in your planning will be expert judgment, your mentors, the people that are out there that have done this, they kind of guide you through the process, how you're going to put together a timeline, a cost, any kind of stakeholder analysis that you want to do. And don't do it just to do it. I mean, think of it as doing it to say you're learning how to do the project management according to the PMBOK. That's why I brought this up. I'm not saying you have to do a scope management plan or a time management plan or a cost management plan. I think that if you were kind of looking at developing the knowledge even further, that you might want to perform a time management plan and a cost management plan because you're going to have to understand how that works for your actual exam according to the way that PMBOK teaches it, the fifth edition. So it certainly doesn't hurt you to try to type up a short plan in the format that you will learn from the PMBOK. And here's something else you're going to see a lot of times, your enterprise environmental factors. Well, in this case, for your study, for your PMP journey, there's your environment where you study and the type of support you have and the type of materials you have. And if you have financial resources available, you might not be able to afford 
certain things. And if you live in a place where, you know, if you're in a college dorm, it could be loud, maybe. I don't know. You know, so I would say that you want to plan how to study, you know, where to study, too. That makes a big difference. So, again, I will reiterate how important it is that you come up with the plan for your journey. This is a general way, and I'm teaching it according to what I thought of as I conducted my PMP journey. I'd, I'd like to say that it had some kind of success because I think that passing on the first try is a major success, and I hope that you feel that way. So I'm going to go to the next slide as we go into the executing your plan, executing the PMP journey. You're going to learn that execution of the project management plan is the longest part of the journey. It may seem like, and I may have kind of led you down that way, and I certainly didn't mean to, that planning takes a long time because certainly planning should take the amount of time that you can ensure a success. You know, nobody, who plans to fail, right? Nobody plans to fail. I can tell you that if you don't plan well, you're not guaranteeing, you're not increasing your positive chances of success. But certainly the execution phase will always be the longest. That's where you do all your work. That's where you're going to use all your resources. Again, planning is really all in the end, you're going to come up with a document that lays out what you're doing. Execution is the actual work that has to be done. And the PMBOK addresses this, as well as other materials that you will uncover. So let me discuss inputs, your project management plan, your tools, your dedication, your commitment, your expert judgment, meetings, resources, for example, PMLL website and Oliver Lehman website, and outputs, your performance data, and of course, your PMP certification. So again, the input that we're talking about is your project management plan. Then you have your tools. You've got to stay dedicated and committed. Also, your mentors, your expert judgment out there, meetings, who you're going to meet with. You meet with your family, maybe some of your stakeholders, perhaps some of the people that you referenced in your application if you're still working for them. Tying it back to accountability, let them know what's going on during the execution phase. And of course, the websites, the ones I've mentioned earlier, and other websites. You know, Oliver Lehman is, is one that you'll come across. There's PM Prepcast. I'm not advertising. These are the kind of websites that a lot of people I know know about. And some are proprietary where you got to pay. Some are free and some are kind of mixed, hybrid out there. And then they offer you links to other places. Again, use your discretion. Use the expert judgment out there and mentors and to ask any questions that you think you need to help on this journey when you're going through the execution phase here. And the outputs are your performance data. So how well are you studying? How many hours have you been studying? How much money have you spent? Things like that. We're winding down here. And so the next slide will be your monitor and control your journey. Staying the course, your inputs, your project management plan, your schedule and cost forecasts, your performance information, tools, your analytical techniques, expert judgment, outputs, any updates to your plan. It's changing. There's no policy against changing. And I certainly think that you should feel empowered in the course of your personal PMP journey, but even your work projects, you should feel empowered to update plans as environments change, conditions change, and just keep that in mind. That falls under monitoring, controlling, 
And you'll learn a lot about changes in your PMBOK 5th edition. You'll read a lot about that change management. So the tools that we talked about, your analytical techniques, just how are you going to measure what you're spending on? And it may not be so hard in this kind of journey. I mean, you know how much money you budgeted. You're going to analyze what you have left. I'm going to leave it at that. I don't want to get too complicated, but I want to throw it out there because you'll come across this in your study, your actual study of the PMBOK. And the inputs, again, reiterating, it's this big flow. Outputs become inputs to other parts of the project. So project management plan came from planning, and that becomes the input here to the monitoring and controlling. Then you have your schedule and cost forecasts and your performance information. So you're going to say, I expected it was going to take this long. You forecasted, and you want to understand where you are. There's one term I've heard out there, burn rate where you see how much you started out with, and it kind of just goes down to zero at a certain point. That was what you're planning to, to achieve. And you're just going to use this information to stay the course. Hopefully, it meets the goal that you set out. You know, I've seen a story. I think it was a podcast from Cornelius Fickner. He does the PM Prep cast, and it was one guy was planning on doing it, you know, in something like 45 days. I don't, you know, remember the number of days. But the point was, then he's like, well, I need to take more time. So then he bumped it up, you know, another 45 days. But he saw that the original forecast was too short, and therefore he had to extend it. So in my case, I was actually right on time. I just think that was luck. Luck is definitely something some people might think. I think preparation also is very important. So somewhere in between. And certainly if something happens and you need to extend your timeline, then that's important. But I will caveat that, that if, as in my case, I applied in October, I got permission to take the exam and I scheduled my exam for February 25th, and if I had to change that, well, I think there was a grace period. In fact, there was even emails I kept getting like a month out, you know, saying, if you need to change it, please tell us now. So there's that, because if you have to change your exam, there will be a financial cost, perhaps, through a, the Prometric. If there are a corporation or company out there that you have to take the exam at, they have these centers where you have to take the exams. So certainly in my case, certainly what I've seen here, Prometric is the name. And there's that aspect you should also consider when you make your plan and you want to meet the timeline. If you have any questions, I'll take them. If not, I will move on. All right, well, I kind of talked about the next slide here, what to monitor and control. We're staying the course. I'll just read it off in case you're out there walking the dog and washing the dishes or doing something else. So here we are, evaluate your finance burn rate. You're comparing variance between time studied and expected progress. You're gauging your sample test scores to determine preparation. Be prepared for an audit. Hold information, update meetings with family and key stakeholders. Talk to the first couple bullets already. You're going to study. You're going to take sample tests. As at least I would hope you take sample tests. And 80, 85%, I set 85% for myself. And so that was my gauge to see how well I was prepared. And also, be prepared for an audit. I put this under monitor and control because I was not audited. Some people are. Basically, anybody can be asked to verify their information. Uh, let's just put it this way. There's no reason to, I don't even want to say lie or falsify, but just don't embellish anything. Put down what you did, when you did it, where you did it, 
who was the boss. And if you let them know, I think you'll be plenty prepared for an audit. No one's out there to play gotcha. You know, this is not what we think project management is. There's, what, 7 billion people in the world, and we all have different jobs. You know, who's to say what a project is? As long as it meets the certain criteria. I mean, are you building a birdhouse? I mean, are you teaching a class on how to build a birdhouse? Those are projects, you know. You're teaching the Cub Scouts. You're teaching a class. That is a project. You were asked to do something. You made a plan, and you executed it, and then you made sure you were doing the right things, and then you closed out, and that was it. But if you're doing the soccer training, if you're doing the class every week, or you're building a birdhouse every week, then that's an operation. That's not a project. So really, that's the biggest discriminator in helping you to understand Are you doing a project or are you doing an operation? You know, but as long as it's in that whole realm of its temporary duration, its product, service, or result, you had a major role in most of the work or at least a big part of the project, I think you would be well prepared for this exam application process. And again, keep yourself accountable and keep your neighbors, your family, your key stakeholders updated. When I completed my exam, I also let everybody know. I wasn't bragging. I always bring this up. There's a book, very famous American, you might have heard of him, Donald Trump. I'm just saying it because I just kind of remember what he said in a book he wrote one time. And he uh, said, when you do something good, you should tell people what you've done. And that way people know your background. They know what you've done, not to brag, but we're out there changing the world with our skills, with our project management. We're making strategic impacts in corporations or nonprofit organizations for whatever we're doing, the mission. And people should know that we know how to do it. I'm not afraid to tell someone and neither should you. This is not something where you hide once you do it. You're going to be expected though to use the knowledge and information and to give back. I think that's a fair expectation. Again, it goes back to, you know, your whole evaluation. Are you doing it for yourself? Well, if you are, then also consider that it's for the good of the organization, though, that you're part of, too. Otherwise, if you're not going to use it, I would say you could save yourself a lot of money and a lot of time by not pursuing this. I'll leave it at that. And we're almost done, so I want to go to the next slide here. We're going to close out. The PMP journey, we're achieving success with our inputs of project management plan, PMP certification, your tools, your expert judgment. What's next after certification? Outputs. Celebrate. Transition to your next role as PMP volunteer and practitioner. I kind of think that this all speaks for itself. You know, just remember, when you pass this exam, and you will, that there's kind of a expectation I would, if I was a leader and I had people under me that worked for me who took the exam, I would expect them to use the knowledge, to participate in that capacity, to give back and to help others. And so that's what's next after certification. But the road is open. There's more of this journey. There's multiple avenues after this journey. I mean, you open up to other PMI organization skill sets that you can acquire. That's for you to learn. I mean, just go on the website. There's too many to talk about here. I encourage you to take your own time and look into that. And outputs, of course, you're going to celebrate. I've seen people recommend if there was something you wanted to buy, maybe use that as like a gift for yourself. And transition, of course, as I kind of alluded to already, as a volunteer and a practitioner. 
I'm going to go to the next slide if I don't have any other questions. We're almost done here. Just a couple more slides. And what did I do to pass the first time? Key takeaway is goal-oriented. Let me just read this off in case you're be out there exercising. I've got your iPod or your Samsung and your earbuds in. So what did I do? I read the handbook in the PMBOK twice. Primary training through Skillsoft. I sought a mentor and filled out the application. Studied, participated in webinars from YouTube, PM Prepcast, and PMLL. I read multiple practice books and exams. I wrote notes for every new term or concept. I made flashcards, ITTO charts, and self-study podcasts to carry with me on the go. I practiced my terminology in conversations. I attended a PMI chapter meeting. I made a project book with PMI templates. I subscribed to PM Prepcast exam simulator. I invested three to four hours per day on average for four months. Kind of talked about reading the book. I used Skillsoft. Companies, major corporations have these enterprise accounts. You can access Skillsoft, and that's free. You don't have to pay for that. The boot camps, those where you spend a week, you pay you know $1,000. I don't know. I didn't take it. But you can certainly do it if you want to. And uh, I believe it, it helps a lot of people from what I understand. Maybe if I had done it, it could have gotten me a little bit more ahead of the game of studying. But I knew my schedule. I knew I had the time. So I didn't rush myself. So again, evaluate how you have your life situated right now. Talked about mentorship and application. Okay, I participate in webinars like this, you know, and then ask your question. Watch YouTube. There's lots of people out there to talk about this. And again, use your discretion. Some are outdated. Some don't know what they're really kind of talking about because it all depends on how much they've worked on this. And then you've got the proprietary and the volunteer free, like PM Prepcast. Uh, that's a proprietary. And then PMLL, all volunteer. And, and you're more than welcome to a lot of documents if you have any access questions, you know, certainly direct them toward Dana for sure. I think he's the primary manager. I'm hoping not wrong of the website as far as I know. I am now. <laughs> you know, read multiple practice books. Again, Skillsoft. I think there's a book 24-7 that's part of Skillsoft. I know I had access to it with my enterprise account where I can download the books and read them. There's just so many. You've heard of Kim Heldman. It's the first name that pops in my head right now. There's just so many out there. Christopher Scordo, S-C-O-R-D-O. Uh, there's just so many out there. You read them. They have little exams that you take. But you're going to need those. Some have said just pick one. I've read as many as I could. Yes, some of them could kind of seem like they're contradicting. But most times they were all speaking the same language, just in a different perspective. But I was able to use a lot of information, and it kind of helped me understand some of the concepts. Again, maybe I didn't need to read so many if I took the boot camp, because I could have heard it all verbally myself and seen presentations in front of me. So I just don't know. But I know what I went through and what worked for me. I wrote notes. I took a lot of notes, okay? I made flashcards. I took voice notes of things I'd read in the pinbox that I wanted to kind of commit to memory. And I took it with me in my podcast and listened to it if I was out going for a walk for exercise or something. I practiced terminology in conversations, and uh, I attended a chapter meeting. So get involved, if you can, with a local chapter meeting. Again, that's a cost. 
So do what you want. It's up to you, and no one's going to fault you for any decision. I believe you can look into it and maybe go to one. It may not hurt. For me, I was able to just feel a little bit more at ease about taking the exam, seeing all of these individuals who are from my community, from the place where I work, who have all done this. We've all been there. And if anything, you get networking out of there, people that you want to know more about their company or something, their organization. Subscribe to an exam simulator. I think you're going to probably go that route to take several exams. I took all nine of the exam simulations, and they're four hours each like the exam. If you are someone who likes to exercise, I have to equate it. I exercise. I am in the military. I exercise. Your muscles have a memory. You have to give them that stamina. So if you are practicing the four-hour exam on your own, it'll be so easy when you're sitting there taking the exam. Your brain's going to hurt, no doubt. But that whole tension of you just saying, oh, I've never sat down and studied for four hours, it all just goes away. It really does. And the last is investing the time. It's up to you how you manage your time. For me, you know, I average three to four hours, four months, five months. I think I at least put two hours every day in, though. And with that, I go to the next slide if I don't have any other questions. Yeah, this is Dana. Let me jump in and talk about that Skillsoft. That covers the 35 direct hours of training that you need in order to successfully apply for the PMP test. Now, for those of you who don't have the luxury of having Skillsoft available to you, Michael's mentioned a couple times the PM PrepCast series. Cornelius Finkter is a friend of PM Lessons Learned. Probably once a year, he gives us a couple of three copies of the PrepCast to give away to the folks on here. This is not one of those times when one is available, but rather than spend the $1,500, $2,000, $3,000 for the boot camp Michael was talking about, the last I knew, the PM PrepCast was $130 U.S. roughly in there somewhere. So if you are looking for work and things like that, money's tight, this is a fully acceptable alternative to getting that 35 hours. Plus, it gives you all the test engines and everything else. So as we say up here by Boston, it's a wicked good deal for that price. So, uh, carry on, Michael. I did post my email. Hopefully everybody sees it. Sometimes I posted it on this chat, and then I don't see what I just typed. So if you don't see that, let me know. I'll just say it out loud, though, Michael, M-I-C-H-A-E-L, dot A, dot D as in David, E-C-I-C-C-O, at live.com. Okay. And go to this last slide here, just about. Just some reading materials. Okay, I didn't memorize all the names as I kind of got stuck on some names prior to this slide. I put together my primary sources of where I studied, and I kind of broke it down here. The slide speaks for itself, and I won't read it off for even if you're walking the dog right now. Just know that I've listed a whole bunch of reading material resources that you could take and study from if you can get some access to it, if you're willing to pay, if you have accounts for the books online. So for the whole list, please visit the Michaels PMP site.wordpress.com. Again, Michael's PMP site.wordpress.com. I'm glad that we are at our last slide, the summary slide, because I'll just say there's no reason to stop, you know, in this summary here. You know, research, plan, and perform. 
build that critical knowledge mass. Let PM Lessons Learned know how you are doing because we care. And I want to say thank you for listening. I hope that this was something that you can use as a, as a model for your journey. We'd like to know what you think is important. And you can ask us questions here. You can send it to us online. You can check out our website, leave feedback. Without any further ado to the summary, if you have no other questions, I'm going to turn the presentation back over to Dana. All right. Thank you very much, Major Michael, the Chico PMP, for that very well thought out presentation, chock full of information. There's a lot of stuff there that folks can definitely use in order to plan their journey from where they are now and see that endpoint of actually achieving PMP certification. So thank you very much for that. So I basically unmuted everybody's line. I will open up any other questions, any questions at all from Michael at all before I do my outro. So thank you, Michael, for that presentation. As a reminder, PMS is learning conducts three conference calls each month. This is the monthly PMP exam study group call that we're on right now. Why? Because it's the first Thursday of each month. The other two calls would like to get back going again if we could, because on the second Thursday we'd like to have our PMS is learning job shop call where folks in transition or where the need to identify potential career paths can go to help each other out. And finally, in the third Thursday of each month, we'd like to hold our PM Lessons Learned Best Practices conference call. And this call provides presentations on a wide variety of project management and soft skills topics. Okay, so that's it for this session of the PM Lessons Learned Monthly PMP Exam Study Group conference call and podcast. I'll again thank the live participants on this call and everyone that downloads the podcast. We've been getting roughly 1,000 to 2,000 downloads per podcast, so thank you for that. We love the support that you all are showing us for this labor of love that we're doing here. As Michael mentioned, we're all volunteers. We're not paid anything for this, and we want to make sure we're giving back to the project management community. I will remind you that we are PMLessonsLearned.com, project managers helping project managers to make a difference. For Major Michael DeChico, my name is Dana Safford. So long and keep on learning. This has been a PM Lessons Learned podcast. Project managers helping project managers by sharing lessons learned. Come join our group. Visit our website at PMLessonsLearned.com. Till next time, keep on learning.